It's still in the box. Welcome to Jets Rewind. I'm Marty Shupak. I'm in Valley Cottage, New York. I'm joined by Ray Clifford in Ohio and Ralph Sharega, who's in the clear waters of the beautiful lakes of Maine. Beautiful Ralph, downtown Damascata. How you doing up there? I know it's gorgeous up there. Uh, yeah, the last day and a half have been kind of dreary, but uh, other than that, it's I'm swimming every day, so that's good. So the good. lake needs to be fumigated, actually. Oh, wow. And Ray, how you doing uh, out in Ohio? I know you're getting ready for a trip to Indianapolis. Yep. Good uh, good weather again today. Uh, we, we've been going through a lot of rain, and then, but today it looks like pretty much a clear, nice day, so... Right. What's in Indianapolis beside the draft combine? Oh, this, is, I, this is interesting. Tell us, Ray. I, <laughs> well, I am going to uh, see the movie Oppenheimer at an IMAX theater in Indy, and they're showing it in the full 70 millimeter version, which is what IMAX is made for. And the reason I'm going to, they have IMAX in Columbus, but I'm going to Indy because they're only showing it at 30 theaters throughout the entire world in 70 really? millimeter. How, how long a drive is that for you? Uh, it's not bad. Actually, it's about two and a half. It's about the same as if I drive up to Cleveland, about two and a half hours. So it's uh, not bad. Yeah. Okay. Let's go uh, get back to the New York Jets as we are inching closer uh, to the season. We're recording this on a very, very, uh, I don't know if the word, Ralph, is obscure, 12 noon on Friday, August 18th. It's an odd time. <laughs> Sounds good. It sounds good. Okay. And Ralph, of course, has a Jets trivia question that um, I was up all night just in anticipation of it, Ralph. So let us let us have it. That, that, that's going to be the new contest, to anticipate what the question is. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, we, Bank have the longest tenure as coach of 11 years. Who had the second longest tenure for the Jets? Is this like an immediate answer? We're going to come back to it. No, you can come back to it because I want Marty to say, I think I know who it is, and then Ray will get it, right? <laughs> That's usually, yeah. <laughs> so the second most years. Yeah. Okay. Jet head coach. And we hope Robert Sala beats it, but uh, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> I actually think I know this. Okay. <laughs> right. And I couldn't stand the guy. You have no idea. All right, listen, a lot of things are happening, and everyone is panicking about the offensive line. And I was too, but I'm not panicking as much. We're going to get into that later. But uh, Dalvin Cook uh, ended up signing with the Jets for a contract up to $8 million. If you look at it, it uh, has a lot of incentives, and he's involved in domestic violence case. And if he's found guilty or they lose time from this, the Jets have an out. Um, I wasn't crazy about the signing, though it makes the Jets better. And then when I saw that um, the linebacker, uh, what's his name, that we lost to the Steelers, uh, Alexander. Right. What's his first name, Ray? Quan. Quan Alexander signed for like $1.4 million. It, it was driving me crazy because I really wanted that guy back. So, Ray, give me your, your opinion first about the Dalvin Cook signing, and who do you think might be the odd man out? Or are they going to invent a hamstring injury? <laughs> well, that's always possible. But uh, I like the signing. I didn't want him originally way back when because I just felt like these, you know, him and uh, Barkley were wanting more than they're worth in today's football world. Uh, you know, it, it's sad for them because, you know, the running back was always such an important 
issue and it was a big part of the draft and they, and Elliot too don't forget yeah yeah <laughs> I had a, some funny memes about him anyway mm -hmm. uh so but when I heard the price because I mean that's way under what he was wanting and and so between that and Brees Hall I don't want Brees Hall on the field until they are sure he's a hundred percent um I don't want them pushing him in there too fast and I feel like uh, I feel like Salo is doing the same thing he did with Zach last year on the injury, making Hall sound like he was, you know, like doing unbelievably well. And he's, you know, possibly going, I don't, I don't think he's going to play the first game. I think that got, uh, I think he was exaggerating a little and I don't want him to I, I let him, you know, if it takes a couple of weeks, a couple of two, three games into the season for him to be a hundred percent, then so be it. I think Delvin Cook's a, a good second option and and uh, as far as who's the odd man out i think carter's the only one that has any value of them which it won't be much but um that they would want to get rid of i don't think they want to get rid of bam knight i think he's he's important for you know maybe short yardage if we can ever get a yard but um so but, overall i liked it who okay and if you were joe douglas is that what you would do you would get rid I, of i'm carter? sure that the one that will get the most interest is Carter as far as, you know, but we're still probably only talking about a six round pick, maybe fifth. If they're lucky, I don't think they get a very high pick for him. He was a fourth round, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know if they're going to get a pick for him to, to be honest with you, the way they devalued uh, running backs. All right, Ralph, g give us your shot. What What's your uh, pick? I'm not, I, I don't like the signing for several reasons. You know, number one, I just don't like, you know, his history as a person. Um, I think that they had enough talent uh, without him. Um, you know, Sal said it in his rant the other day, and uh, I've been saying this my whole life, that you could have a backfield of Jimmy Brown, Gale Sayers, and Barry Sanders. Without an offensive line, it doesn't matter. They're not going to do much. Uh, they need to fix the offensive line. If, if the offensive line is blocking, I think those guys are talented enough. Yeah, I think you're right that it, it puts less pressure on them to ru rush Brees Hall in, so that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as who's going to go, I think uh, Douglas will slow play this and wait and see if someone gets hurt on some team and they come calling. Uh, I My feeling is that probably some teams see Carter as the better player for them and some might see Bam Knight depending on their needs and just, you know, the way they evaluate players. Uh, you know, if I had to bet, I'd also say Carter. I think he has some value. And like I said, if a team is desperate, they get someone injured, I think they'll get a pick for him. Yeah. Is uh, Ray, uh, what's going on with the running backs right now? I mean, uh, most all the free agents are signed. Zeke signed with the, uh, with the Patriots. But I, I try to follow the injuries and stuff. I know you might follow closer, but is there any news on any other running backs that might affect this? Um, I haven't really. No, I don't think any any major injuries that I can recall have happened as of yet that would have some team like out there looking right yet. I think a lot of teams are probably going to wait till the end of camp to see who gets cut and unless they really feel that you know, they can pick up a guy who gets cut for free, and I don't think they're going to trade anybody, any picks for anybody like Carter or, or Bam Knight until they right. see 
who teams get rid of. So, yeah. but I haven't heard any any anybody that makes me think, well, there's a team that might go for him. Right, it, Ralph. Is it crazy as it sounds? Is there any chance that they might um, keep Very five fun. on the cuts just to see if somebody gives them a call and maybe expose someone else? That they went normally is that a possibility? I guess, and it would be pretty amazing, even if, especially if they keep Nick Barden. Uh, but uh, I thought about that. Yeah, I, I kind of like your idea better of uh, you know creating an injury or something. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, they can't hide them. Certainly on a practice squad, they'll get no. up quickly. Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I would bet against it, but one never knows, I suppose. Right. And Nick Borden, the fullback, he actually blocked pretty well against Carolina. And um from what I've been reading and hearing, I think he's gonna be he's gonna stick with the with the team. So I don't know. It's so fascinating, like I've been saying, with the um with him in the mix with the running backs and the tight ends and even the wide receivers, how they're gonna ma- manipulate this roster is just incredible okay. to me. It, it it takes a lot of like uh, chess playing to do, but anyway, um, Ralph uh, Dwayne Brown hasn't really seen the field. Uh, back then, you know, the first preseason game they had him uh, scheduled for like I guess twenty five or twenty seven snaps. He made it through seven snaps, and then uh, he he's been crying about uh, there's too much pressure on his knee if he plays right tackle whatever, but what would you say about those two guys, the chances of both of them starting against Buffalo that Monday night? Um, well, they have been giving Beckton reps in uh, practice on the right side, so they are preparing him for it. I would say the, the, the odds are probably better than even that they'll be there for the first game. Now, how many games down the field? Uh, if, if you ask me that, I would say the odds drop significantly that they'll both make it maybe through the bye week, but uh, I have a feeling the first game they'll be there. Right. Okay. And you think, you think they'll be starting? Yeah. Okay. I don't think they have a choice. I mean, those other, they're, they're, the other guys are horrible. I'm really, what's bumming me out is that Carter Warren is not playing because he's got nicked up. I don't know how I, Salas said he should be playing next week, but see, I think he's more talented than Mitchell and certainly Turner. And I, I think in a year or so, he might even be starting at right tackle for them. I like him, but he's got to, he's, he's got to get some. Uh, some right. Right. It, and I don't want to jump ahead a year because we're all excited, but I, right. mean, I think we all know in a year from now that Dwayne Brown and uh, Beckton won't even be uh, wearing a Jets uniform. Ray, what's your opinion as far as Dwayne Brown and Beckton as a starting tackles? Well, as far as if they'll be on the field in game one, I agree. I think it's probably probably 60-40 I'd go that they will be, barring, obviously, injury. Um, if they're if they're healthy enough to, I don't think their play is going to stop them from starting them, which is fine, but I don't, uh, you know, how can you put any any uh, value on, the, on them lasting very long at either side? Um, this is this is going to be the whole the whole season is going to is going to hinge on the offensive line, and that's a scary thought right now after after right. what we saw last year. So yeah. unfortunately, we've been saying this for two years now, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's finally come home to roost. Uh, wait, wait, I got breaking news. What? 
The Lions are waving injured wide receiver Denzel Mims. Oh, yeah. After a practice funny. ankle injury led to a calf injury in rehab. He had impressed in camp and could be an interesting addition when healthy. So That's great to squat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think <laughs> what are the odds that he clears waivers? Well, uh, I, I I think it's he's got one more team to go and then and then it's it's up past the uh Canadian border, I think. The way, <laughs> the way it's going. So uh go ahead. So um you know, Ralph, and we spoke about it briefly, but um how disappointed are you? I mean, he only played a few games, but he's he sparked a little bit. How disappointed are you in Max Mitchell? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a, a hangover thing from his uh his his physical problem last year. That's what? exactly what I'm thinking. I and I wish they would come out and say, and I think it was what a, a blood clot circulation. Yeah, I wish they would, yeah. I, I haven't heard anyone say he's 100% no. healthy. I keep hearing he's on medication. But I think if something is up that they're not telling us about him, Ralph. Yeah, because he has certainly regressed big time, which is surprising because he he did fine in his limited uh, with his limited experience. You would think that he'd be taking off, but uh, I think that set him back. There's no question. I don't know if it's physically or mentally or what, but... Uh... He's becoming right. he's becoming a whipping boy for uh, Jet fans and coaches. Apparently, it's too bad. More so than Billy Turner. Yeah, Billy Turner seems to have uh, you know uh, you know Teflon. Uh, nobody seems to be going <laughs> after him. I you know I hope they have the courage to cut him if if it's necessary. You know, even though he's a buddy of uh, you know who. Uh, I know. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, all these guys uh, who, you know, they, he brought over, if, if they're not up to snuff, are they going to have the nerve to cut them? You know, this right. would be interesting. Uh, Ray, what about your thoughts on uh, Max Mitchell? How disappointed are you? Well, I'm really disappointed because I thought if Becton isn't up to the task that we had somebody that could step in and, you know, fill in or even just take over there. And um, so, I mean, it might be the medication. Who the hell knows? I mean, they, they aren't going to tell you that about anything on that. They, they would probably feel like that's helping other teams by letting that stuff out. But I think it's just, you know, I, I hope he makes it through cuts because I really, you know, if, if it is the medication or whatever, I think he can overcome all that. Um, and, he, you know, like you said, last year he looked so good. I don't know what the what the problem might be. The only, the only thing it reminds me a little bit of is if you remember Wayne Hunter, back in the Sanchez days. And he, he ended up being our right tackle the one year and he looked really, you know, very serviceable. He wasn't trash. And then the next year he was just absolutely horrible. I mean, right. I, I don't know what the heck happened there either. So same type, same type of reminds me of that, but I'm hoping Mitchell's, you know, just having issues with maybe the medications. Yeah. All right. Listen, I want to get to the Robert Sala and the hard knocks, but while we're on the offensive line, I added to the agenda, you know, in uh, 2021, um, Joe Burrow was sacked 70 times. And by the way, that includes the playoffs. Okay, okay, just so you know. And if you remember the Super Bowl, he was sacked seven times. Okay. He almost won the game, yeah. And they almost won the game. Okay. Okay. Ray, you're out there in Ohio. I mean, you saw a lot of the Bengals. You saw how Joe Joe Burrow did, and you've seen a little bit of Aaron Rodgers. Could Aaron Rodgers 
survive a season like that, 70 sacks? I mean, no, this- not at all. Um, the, the difference is that oh, not obviously not all of them, but a good number of those sacks are on Joe Burrow, not on the offensive line. Their line wasn't great last year, but Joe Burrow, and they talk about it a lot, but if you really pay attention, he holds onto the ball forever. He's not as bad as Ken O'Brien, but he's, <laughs> he's getting there where he holds on to that ball looking to, you know, as long as he can to try and find a receiver, which is admirable because in the 70 sacks, and then he still finds a way to, you know, turn that into a first down down the line. Cause he's, he's, he's that good in, in a lot of ways, but he holds the ball too long. Um, but Ray, come- but Ray, but my question was, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, don't you think he's got a much quick release than Joe? Yeah, Bob? that's the whole thing. He, he okay. won't get 70 sacks because Aaron Rodgers won't hold on to the ball like that. He'll, he knows to get rid of it. He's a little, he, he's mobile enough to move around. He's not going to take off like he did years ago and very often. But, you know, and they're going to call a lot more short passing plays for him too, but he knows, you know, he, he's got the clock in his head. He's not one of those guys that just will, you know, stand right. and wait and wait and wait. He'll just get rid of it. Right. So I got he'll, you. He'll never take 70 sacks. Even though he's getting sacked, I know in the scrimmage against Tampa Bay, it was like ridiculous, but I, I guess he didn't want to get rid of the ball. He wanted to try to get things developed. It'll be different in the game. Ralph, I want your opinion, but just so you guys know, in 22, uh, Joe Burrow, his sack total went down from 70 to 46. Of course, they played, I think, one less game because they right. weren't in the Super Bowl. So, Ralph, w- what's your opinion about that uh, comparison to the Bengals that year? I would say that physically, no, he wouldn't be able to to, to last if, if that happened. I would say if he were younger and he could handle the, the punishment, I'd say if they got sacked 50 times, they could still make the playoffs because uh, they could work around that. But, but no, not not at his age. That would that would not be good. And uh, I I think that uh, you know their 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 tackles have, have got to be stable this year. Uh, right. There's gonna be a lot of screen passes and a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, you know quick no, plays. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, you know. and again, I don't want to just be 100% exclusive on the uh, offensive line, but let's just talk about the other uh, item where uh, Will Tipman is it possible that he could be a starter at center? And if not center, do you see a scenario where maybe uh, Connor McGovern's at center and they tried Tipman at guard or vice versa? Ray, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, I think that's more likely than him starting, barring injury. Uh, unless, you know, McGovern wasn't great, obviously, last year. But um, I don't think Tipman's ready yet, at least maybe during the season that could change. But I think, I think barring injury or them totally, you know, looking like trash at center that he'll – I think it's more likely he plays a bit at guard this year and then, uh, and then it's eventually – moves over um so no i don't think i don't think he'll play center this year unless it's a need okay ray follow up for you and uh ralph i want you to answer the same question how religious so to speak would you be about keeping elijah vera tucker at guard and not moving him to tackle i think it's easier to plug in a guard than it is a tackle so if if 
we're at an absolute, you know, if, if the both tackles are getting worked like they have been in these in these uh, scrimmages, um, they're they're gonna have to do something so that Aaron Rodgers doesn't get killed back there. And and I could see him moving out and you know somebody stepping in at guard who wouldn't be as good as Tucker, but I'd rather see somebody who's a little iffy on the inside than somebody coming around off the end and just killing him. So uh, it's possible. I don't I don't think they're gonna do it if, unless they absolutely have to though. Right. And I want to point out one of the names I mentioned last podcast, Dalton Reisner is still available, the free agent, who's a pretty good guard. Ralph, what's your take on the uh, Tittman uh, possibly starting this year or maybe moving over to guard or McGovern starting? I think he will be starting at some point, whether it's guard or or, uh, center. I think watching him, I think he clearly is more talented than all the other guys on the bench at this point and probably more talented than McGovern. He just, you know, I don't know if Rodgers wants a rookie right out of the gate, <clears throat> but I'd say at least after the the uh, bye, I think he'll be starting. Uh, I just think he's too talented, and he'll, he'll have had a half a year, which usually is enough for a good player to get up to speed. Um, but uh, as far as Elijah Vera Tucker, yeah, I think he will be playing some tackle. Uh, and I have no problem with that. You know, I remember when he came out of college and I was, we were looking for offensive linemen and I'd see Elijah Vera Tucker and they'd say tackle guard, you know, cause this is his last year at USC. He played tackle exclusively. He got, he got burned for one sack the whole year. It was from Kayvon Thibodeau. So he's, he'd be more than competent and we know he is. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And yeah, they drafted that guy for more than one reason. Not only was he good, but he had flexibility. And so you got to take advantage of it. We know he can handle it. And uh, hopefully they won't need it, but uh, probably will at some point. Yeah, he's been nicked up also. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a worry. The last guy other than Rodgers you want hurt is him on that team. Right, right. If you remember the, the game he went down with Brees Hall, that's when the whole thing collapsed after that. Yeah. You know, it was just horrible. All right. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm not a huge Hard Knocks fan uh, at all, but I, I was getting um, text messages and phone calls from people from years ago, and including our good friend Steve Albert. <clears throat> he said, Marty, you got to see this the best ever. So my kids manipulated something on my uh, iPhone because I don't have HBO where I have like uh, hey, watch out there listening, Marty. I don't mind HBO <laughs> Max. And I was able to watch it on the iPhone. And to me, it's been very, very good. And I think all three of us rather them not be on it and be under the radar right now, but it is what it is. <laughs> There's thought, no under the radar. Right, for this no under the, I thought the last episode was excellent. I like the way they start. I don't know if you saw, they started out with the yeah. um, mentalist. He was like a magician. I don't know, yeah. Ray, did you, did you see it? No, I haven't seen any of it. Very, are you boycotting <laughs> it? Or you're no, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not, I don't have HBO Max. Oh, and I, okay. Uh, Maybe I'll uh, it, yeah, able to find it, clips on the internet, but that's about it. Yeah. it, it it's been very good. And, uh, you know, one of the things, and Ralph brought it up, we'll talk about, is that um, Robert Sala went off on the offensive line. And I actually. After the Carolina practices, yeah. After the Carolina practices. And I, I thought it was kind of refreshing in one way. In another way, 
a person has to be the way he is. They don't want to change. But I think Jet fans have been waiting for something like that right now. And I know an FAN during the week, there was a little bit of a controversy where they're talking about on the team, like um, Aaron Rodgers the, is the alpha male, and it should actually be uh, Robert Sala. But I'm a huge Robert Sala fan, and I thought it was pretty good seeing him in that way. And I'll tell you something else about Robert Sala. They interviewed him, and I got to give him credit because the, the host asked the question, if you could change anything on the way you coached last year, what would it be? And he admitted, I didn't do a great job with the clock in the Lion game, and I wish I could have changed that, and I learned from that too. So, I again, I'm a huge Robert Sala fan. So, Ralph, we'll start with you since Ray hasn't seen it. I don't know if Ray saw any clips of it, but, Ralph, what were your thoughts? Well, I mean, I like Salah too, and we've only seen one side of him. Now, the question is, was he playing for the cameras? I don't think so. We just have never seen him behind closed doors, except when things were going good. Um, the one, the, one of the things about Salah that concerned me and always has is that he's too much of a player's coach and he's too positive and, you know, sometimes you got to get in their face. So I liked it. So I, I read some, some Jeff fans were upset. It was like, that's not him. I'm really, it's, you know, it's really disturbing because we, we, we know Salah and, you know, you're watching him in press conferences. He's a very nice guy. He's very polite. He's well-spoken, but NFL coaches got to do that sometimes. They really do. I mean, you got to motivate these guys for for six months, and it's not easy. You have to change your message all the time. And I was glad to see that. He's not going to do it all the time, but I think there's a time and a place, and and uh, that made me feel a little better. You know, now to me, it's just a matter of is this guy good enough X's and O's coach? I don't know about that. We'll see. But uh, I thought that was positive. You know, a lot of F-bombs, but that's that's football, man. You know, everyone yeah. does that. Uh, the whole show's been F-bombs. I know. Yeah, I know. Feel everything else. So, ever, yeah, since, I know you... ever since Rex, I mean, <laughs> once yeah. you were afraid to let loose, uh, they all do now. That's it. But, Ray, any thoughts, even though I know you didn't see it, I don't know if you saw a clip. I, I didn't, but, and I will be looking for that because when you mentioned a rant, I wanted to see it. Um, but I... I like Sala too. And I like that he, like you said, he says he has some improvements to do because he clearly does, but I don't fall for the stuff that you hear from him in the press conferences where he's always backing his guys. And really, I always felt like in the locker room at some point, he's ripping these guys. I just, I just think as long as you do it the right way, they respect you for it. And I think, uh, you know, as far as how they, he was, I'd like to see it too. So I'll definitely be looking for that clip. Well, you know, funny. Um, my, my father, I think my whole life as a kid raised his voice to me twice and boy, did it get my attention. Yeah. Oh, so if you do it constantly, they tune you out. So I, I'm thinking, you know, hopefully he does pick his spots. You know, Ralph, I think, I think we had the same father. <laughs> <laughs> my father raised his voice once to me, but go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry, Ralph. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, and, uh, you know, there are coaches who were like, you know, out of control all the time and players can't stand playing for them. And the, you know, the other thing I'll say about Sally, you know, I was watching, watching the show with, with Tammy, my, my lady friend. And she asked me in the middle of the show, what do you think of this coach? And one thing I said to her, as I said, the one thing about Sally you have to say is he's the first jet head coach that players on other teams, free agents have actually said they would like to play for. Right. So that is really refreshing. It's really nice. And, uh, 
So I have to feel like he does pick his spots and uh, he's not just one of these psychos who players can't stand, I know. Yeah, he he'll, did all, he'll always have their back in the, in the yeah. press conferences. And I think that's what these fans are falling for is that he's like that all the time. And he's right. like, you can tell just by certain things he says sometimes that he's got some some fire to him, but he just doesn't show it in, in, in front of the media, which is good. I don't I don't want him showing it then. I want him just just keep it behind the behind the scenes. You don't need, he even said, I don't want I don't like ripping them in public. I won't rip them on the sideline for the cameras. And I like that. You know, as long as you rip them at some point when they deserve it, yeah. I don't need to see it. Right, Ralph, if you remember when he first became coach, I remember in an interview he, he, he was saying, one of my motivations is to help get these players as much money as they could make in their career. Uh-huh. And I never heard a coach say that before in my <laughs> life. But, well, you know, he, he did a great thing uh, this week. It kind of went under the radar. It, they had scheduled back-to-back scrimmages with Carolina – before the game, and then back-to-back scrimmages with Tampa Bay before the game, which is tomorrow. The second uh, scrimmage against Carolina was rained out, and they just ended up practicing. But I think he realized that having back-to-back scrimmages was a little counterproductive. Plus, I I even said beforehand, you know, the second one is just going to be like a lot of fighting between the teams. And he canceled the second practice, a little controversy with Tampa Bay, because they, you know, they had it scheduled in, but I thought that was a subtle but a very good move to do. So I got to give him uh, credit for that. Uh, anything else before we get back to the trivia question, Ray? You want to add something about the uh, the Pac-12 college football? Pac-2. <laughs> yeah, pretty soon. Well, if if it's even around, it'll be more like the uh, uh, what is it the. Uh, Western Athletic Conference or whatever they have left <laughs> with, you know, Idaho and, and all the the Western, Northwestern teams. But um, no, I think it's sad for me because, I mean, I grew up in the, the age of, you know, the Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl and all that being the big deal. Um, and now you got, you know, USC and UCLA and, and Oregon and who was the other one going to the Big Ten, big, the Big 25 or whatever. Washington, yeah, it's a Washington. Yeah, Washington. And then, the, you know, there's going to be two huge conferences and uh, and uh, all the also-rans as far as conferences go. So they'll get most of the, the playoff spots because, you know, they'll have all the attention on them. But I don't think it's – I don't I don't think it's good for college football. It's all about money. It's all what about are they, money. What are they expanding the field? Is it next year? Next year, I believe, is uh, it goes to, was it, it 12? I thought it was two years, and I had predicted that they're going to move it up, but we'll, we'll, I'm not quite 100%. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure, but, you know, this is, everything is going towards my prediction I made like five years ago, where eventually you're going to have conferences. One's going to be the Amazon conference. One's <laughs> going to be the Apple computer conference. <laughs> Mark my words, one's going to be the Microsoft uh, conference. That That's going to uh-huh. happen. You know, what about the green, the Jets rewind conference? We get <laughs> that's that's in there. We're, we're saving our pace. No, Stephen that. F. That'll Austin. Be, that'll be Boise State and uh, Texas Southern. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Boise would be unhappy to hear that one. So, oh, Ralph, we'll have an Elgin Baylor conference. All the colleges he went to, <laughs> which would be good. All right. Anyway, let's get back to the trivia question, Ralph. Why don't you mm-hmm. mention it again? I think I know. I'm going to let Ray go. But I'm going to write it down so I can hold it up if he gets it right. Go All ahead. Right. 
This is, this is like the I, I don't question. think I'm right, but I I, I so went, I'll repeat I, the question. Well, we do bank has the longest tenure as head coach for the Jets, 11 years. Who is the second longest tenured coach for the Jets in their history? I am. I have like three guys in mind, and probably it's only one though. I, yeah, probably they're all wrong too. But I'm going to go with Walt Michaels. Oh wow! I didn't think I'm going to go with Joe Walton. Marty got it. Marty, <laughs> I figured it. Yeah, I remember Walton's seven I years. Michaels and Ryan six years. Ralph, you oh, don't remember? Funny. We we can't. We were on the phone. I, I mean, like you don't even remember this. Like every other night, saying. When are they going to fire this guy? When are they going to fire? We were on the phone for like two or three years. And I knew Marty got it when he said, I couldn't stand this guy. Oh, I couldn't stand it. And, and I didn't realize he was there seven years. Holy yeah. cow. Yes. That's terrible. 83 to, to 89. Yeah. To, to his credit, he was a great offensive coordinator. Yes. Yeah. Oh, didn't he come from Pittsburgh as a coordinator or did he go to Pittsburgh after? He went to Pittsburgh afterwards. And there's an interesting story about that, too. And it doesn't, it's not complimentary to, to Joe Walton, but then they brought it, they fired him, they brought another one. And they said to him, what's the first thing you're going to do? He said, the first thing I'm doing is taking the old playbook and I'm taking 90% of the stuff out of it. It's, he said, it's this thick. I'm going to make it this thick. He said, it takes a PhD to learn what's in the book. And you can't do that with these college football players. So I thought that was, you know, it's a it's a rank out on Walton, but it, it's smart. You got to keep it simple. You know, it's funny. I saw this thing on uh, on online the, the other day popped up where Tua Tangavaloa is talking to some press people, and he says, "I'm gonna I'm gonna call a play that I call in the huddle, and I want you to try and repeat it." And it's just unbelievable. I, I don't know how these guys do it. I really don't. I don't know. I really don't know. Too. I mean, I begin to feel for Denzel Mims. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. All right. Here, before we go, uh, you brought up Tua, quarterback for uh, the Miami. Is really Miami. having trouble. All me. right. This is the question. I start with Ray. There's 17 games in the season. Mike White's the backup. Ralph just mentioned she's having trouble. If I told you the games he starts, the over-under is 10 and a half. Where would you take, Ralph? I'll probably go Ray, Ray, with Ray. Over-under, Ray. For Tua? Yes. For, okay. 10 and a half? Um, <clears throat> until I see he can say, I'm going to say it's going to be under. I, I think these, these injuries add up, and if he takes one bad – hit to the head again, I think it'll have them out a significant time. They just lost their tackle, too. Yeah. No, no, apparently it wasn't that serious. Oh, really? So, yeah, it came out. And again, I got to see a follow-up, but I heard it wasn't yeah. as bad as they thought. But go ahead, Ralph. What's yours? Ten and a half. I'd probably go under as well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll play against Mike White. That'll be fun. <laughs> oh, I'll be just in time. At least, at least we won't have to worry about him running around outside the pocket. That's that, uh, Yeah. That's right. That'll be fun. All right. We're going to close this out. Uh, the, the Jet game is, uh, I, I guess, uh, tomorrow. They're uh, playing Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, Seven or eight o'clock, is it? What something is it? like that. I think it's 730. I guess CBS <laughs> is the return of Todd Bowles, uh, Ray's favorite coach, Mr. Oh, Excited. Todd Bowles is the only coach in the last 12 years for the Jets to have a winning record. So <laughs> That's true. He still missed the playoffs, though, didn't he? Yeah. 
And here's a guy that he might not be a great head coach, but he's an excellent coordinator. Yeah. Which is what you can say about a lot of people. I, it's, a, it's such a fascinating trend. Yeah. It, it really is. It's really it's amazing. It's just a totally different job description. That's the thing. I don't understand why they think because you're a great offensive coordinator that automatically makes you a great head coach. I don't you know. You know, Marty, a guy who wasn't an offensive coordinator and you liked him was that guy Dan Campbell. Who yes, came out of, uh, I did he, like. Him. He looks like he's uh, he's he's okay, right. you know. But um, but also Harbaugh of, of the Ravens, he was a special teams coach. Uh huh. Brian we, Flores was not. He wasn't a defensive uh, coordinator either. I think he was linebacker coach for New the, England. Yeah, they pulled him, and I, you know, I still thought he did a good job. He did a really good. He never should have been fired. Never should have. All right, we're going to close this out for uh, Ray Clifford, Mm -hmm. Ralph Sharega, and Marty Shupak. Enjoy the Jets games, and until next time. Oh yeah.